¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? It's your boy Manny Malonado. Welcome to the Manny to the Max podcast, episode three. Check this out. Today, I have my great friend, funny ass dude. You know, me and this guy go way back. He's a Raider fan like me. I love him to death. Ruben Paul is in the house. What up, Manny? <laughs> Hey, Damn, dude, I didn't even know you had a podcast. <laughs> Nobody knows. This is really my third episode. It's your third episode. Yeah. Y'all made the top five. Yeah, so you're, you're in the top, uh, yeah, you're in the top five. You were just here, so I was like, okay, let me, let me get Let me just say this. Manny does love the Raiders like I love the Raiders, <laughs> but I can't fucking talk to Manny about the Raiders because he gets too emotional because I can, like, process things, and then I'll get a text message. What the fuck are they doing? They fucking did this. And then I start getting mad. So when some shit goes down that the Raiders do, do I have to avoid Manny for like two weeks <laughs> to process everything before I can talk to him. And for the listeners out there, check this out. This year, uh, meaning last year, it was t- the 2018 season was very hard. Oh, One of the toughest cool. years we've had. And, and, you know, Ruben and I were at odds. We were at odds in the beginning because I was not a fan of Khalil Mack being traded. And, and you know... <laughs> I, I wasn't either. But <laughs> the point I was trying to make to Manny is I have inside sources, not saying that to brag, but... <laughs> It, was, it wasn't like the Raiders wanted to trade him. He was not going to come in, and the Raiders couldn't afford to pay him what he was asking for. He was waiting for the big contract. Manny was just pissed that they traded him, but there was really nothing that they could do. That was my whole point. But um, what's crazy is they, you know, they gave out that uh, analytics award mm-hmm. saying that Khalil, Mack, that Khalil Mack trade was actually a great trade. But if you look back at it, this is my only point, too. I didn't want Khalil Mack to leave, but how many playoff games did we win with Khalil Mack? Zero. How many playoff games did Chicago win with Khalil Mack? Zero because of the kicker, but damn it, okay, but, but it's still zero. It's still zero. It's still zero. So as great as he is, as much as I want him on our team, one player obviously doesn't make that big of a difference where it's going to cause you, you know, to it, it took, it took. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, listeners. I, I didn't like Ruben for at least the first three weeks of the season. <laughs> and we really didn't talk. I mean, you know, because Ruben and I were good friends, and we would text each other, hey, you know, Raiders this, Raiders that. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, uh, in 2017 Ruben's all hey let's go to a game I was already out there uh, already at the game but Ruben's a good friend of mine like that and he's a season ticket holder he's a die hard Raider fan you were hammered at that I was, game I was more than hammered <laughs> and cause that's what we do as Raider fans we're, we're very loyal we have a good time and I'm from the, the north the tailgates at yeah. the Raider games are second to none man. second to absolutely none and you know I, I took my girlfriend out there and she, she was her first time experiencing the, the Raider game. And the Raider Nation. The Raider Nation. She was just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Why? Tequila shots at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yes. Oh, but here's the crazy part. Manny can tell you this, too. Like, people have this perception that Raider games are just blacks and Latinos. Mm-hmm. But it's everybody at the games. And to be break honest. Break it down. Break it down for the listeners. I mean, you know. It's, it's everybody at the games. Black, white, Latino, Asian, <laughs> Middle Eastern, like Raider fans come in all races and colors. It, like everybody's at the Raider game. But the funny thing is, Manny will tell you, the white people are the rowdiest people at Raider games by far. They're rowdy as hell at Raider games. You know, and, and, and they are. And these are, we're talking about doctors, lawyers. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about people with, with five figures, you know, they make five or six figures a year. They just let, their Sunday, that's their time let to, let, to let loose. And they and, will knock you out. And they will have a good time. And then they start acting more Mexican and black than everybody else. I do. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, man. But, you know, Ruben is, not only is he a, a, a good friend, a diehard Raider friend, but he's one of the funniest guys I know, uh, you know, 
I, I was in Montreal for the first time and Ruben's like, oh, been there, done that. And he kind of broke it down to me. We, we hung out in the airport and I got to see him out there. Yeah. And, and uh, Ruben, uh, just tell people how long you've been doing stand-up, man. I've been doing stand-up a little over 20 years, man. And um, the irony of it is I just... When I went to when we when we went to Montreal mm-hmm. together was that last year? Yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was, yeah, oh, okay. was twenty eighteen. Uh, the first time I had gone my whole entire career was twenty sixteen, okay, or something like that. And it wasn't like I got picked. It was like Russell Peters was like, right. I want Ruben Paul in the festival, and I got in that way. But you get in where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And but my thing is, I never lacked confidence, even though I might have gotten looked over or yeah. didn't get the opportunities earlier. Uh, it never made me feel like I was any less funny than anybody else. It just wasn't my time. And I'm going to tell you, listeners, right now, I, I, I saw Ruben. Um, you know, he was, uh, you, you were the, uh, the host, the host for that big gala show for, for Russell, right? No, he, um, I just I just didn't sit on the gala No, he did. He just, and he yeah. just sat in the gala show and he ripped it. He crushed it. Over 2,000 people. Look, Ruben is one of the funniest guys I know. Thank you, man. So, so and, Ruby, and you too as well, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I just finished doing. I just did his Ruby. I'm gonna Ruby tell you guys, Tuesday. it was harder to get into Ruby Tuesdays than doing Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you ripped it, man. I'm telling you, Ruby Tuesdays. Ru- Ruben Paul runs a show. Um, it's been going. It's all coming up on a year anniversary, right? Uh, or, I was coming up on two years. I'm like at a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. Listen, for those for those who have haven't had not attended this show, I'm gonna tell you guys. It is, you talk about quality on the show. It's about quality. Every comedian has TV credits. Is just a beast, and it just Ruben throws one of the best shows in Hollywood. So if you guys ever get a chance, it's called Ruby Tuesdays at the Laugh Factory at at uh, every Tuesday at nine thirty at the Hollywood nine, Laugh Factory. Nine thirty. But let me just say this yeah. though about Ruby Tuesdays and why it was dope having you on the show. Like a lot, I have so many friends in the of course, business, and everybody's always hitting you up, <laughs> and everyone hits me up. But my thing is, I try to put a specific type mm-hmm. of show together. If I was just booking just the funniest just comics, friends, yeah. just fr- or friends or whatever, it'd be a different show. Like, I make sure, you know, there's a black comic on the show. I make sure there's a Latino comic or a woman comic. Like, it's a true, diverse show. So sometimes, do I have more than one Latino on the show? Of course. Sometimes yeah. do I have one more than one black comic of on course. the show? Of course. Sometimes do I have one, more than one white comic mm-hmm. on the show? Of course. But it's always a mixed show. And like, a lot of black comics, they'll be like, yo, man, you know, I can get on. I go, yo, dude, I'm kind of strategically placing Yeah. Everybody on the show. Why do I do this? Because I want everybody to stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want sure, everybody sure. to be able to shine. And I didn't know that before. I just thought you were mad at me, but no, I know that now. But what was dope? <laughs> my favorite thing about the show is Manny came and did the show and ripped it. And I always put comedians on the lineup that never probably have met mm-hmm. or worked together. Right. And then Manny goes and rips, and it's like guys like. Who's that Mexican dude? I'm like, yo, dude, that's Manny. Manny's been around forever, dude. He's one of the funniest guys around. Mm-hmm. But that's what's dope about the show. You get to see probably yeah. white boys you've never yeah, seen of before. Course, of course, of course. Or other comics you've yeah. never seen. So it's kind of like this, I don't know, to me it's just a cool vibe of you get to you get the opportunity to respect other people and, that you might have heard and, their names but never seen them work. Absolutely. And, and you know, you have, you have your, your crazy shows when you have George... George yeah. come in, George or, or, or DL or, or Russell, Arsenio or yeah, Russell, yeah. And, and, and it's packed to the gills. Yeah. But I think what makes that show special is when you you know you, you already you already know who the who the bangers are. Yes. But look, trust me, there's so many other funny comedians Man, that you give dude. an opportunity to, and that's just that's what's lovely about your show. And, and, and the cool thing about it is, like you know, coming up like doing the Latino rooms, like I would be yeah. like, the only black <laughs> comic in the Latino yeah. rooms, or you'd be the only Latino comic doing the yeah. black show or whatever. So, and those shows are dope and those shows are important, but to me it's kind of cool to be able to put you on a show 
that's totally mixed. Yeah. The audience is totally mixed, and you can just do your thing and shine. And for the listeners out there, I, I first met um, I first met um, Ruben. Gosh, I want to say in the early 2000s. Uh, Sacramento, right? I think Sacramento or San Francisco at, at the yeah. Punchline. Mm-hmm. And I think you were working with, with Willie. Or, or it was one of those weird... No, um, was it? I, I don't I remember. Wasn't work, I, was, I, was, uh, I was out there doing a show. Willie was doing radio. Willie was doing radio and, and he, he was kept, plugging your show. Exactly. That's what happened. Yeah. So that's how long I've known Ruben. Yeah. So, and that's, and he, he was a good dude and we've been good friends ever since. So... So, Ruben, tell everybody where you're from, all that good stuff. and, and I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in L.A. Um, you're L.A. through and through? L.A. Okay. through and through, mm-hmm. born and raised here. But my family is originally from Haiti. That's where mm-hmm. my family is from. Uh, uh, my, my, um, my sister, my mom, dad, everybody's from Haiti. And um, grew up in Delamo, mm-hmm. um, right off 190th in Wilmington. Uh, went to Banning High oh, so, School. So you're from, uh, considered South Bay? Yeah, South okay, Bay. Okay, South, you're South, yeah. South Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And grew up right on the border of Carson and Compton. Okay. Over by Cal State Dominguez. Okay, all right. So, um, for me, man, starting to do comedy in L.A. was so much different because most people come from other places mm-hmm. to come to L.A. to make it. So they, a lot of people feel, number one, there aren't a lot of native, native mm-hmm. uh, Angelinos, you're that, an Angelino, uh-huh. That, that uh, are in the business. There's a few of us like Chris Spencer's from I, I want to say D, DL, DL, DL's LA through and through, right? DL yeah. is LA through and through. Chris Spencer. That's the um, only guy, guys, I think of off the bat. Alex Thomas. Alex Thomas is LA, LA through and through. LA through and through. Um, there's, a few of us, there's a few of us out here, man. But I think what people don't realize is even where I grew up, Hollywood might as well have been in another state. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even though... Hollywood is in California. That was nowhere near my upbringing. I didn't wake up in the morning and see Denzel at, at the supermarket or at the mall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm, you know, I'm in the hood. I'm at the swap meet. I'm at, I'm at the Carson Mall, aka uh, what are they calling now? South Bay Pavilion. <laughs> so, Ruben, what what was one of your first? Um, what was the first like a big break? I mean, I know we have breaks here and there as comics, but what was your first big break as far as TV or just just in comedy well, in general? Well, my, my, my first big break in comedy was. I mean, there's been some pivotal moments for me. Um, I think the first first time I'd only been doing comedy three months, and Robert Townsend saw me. Oh wow! At a comedy club. I love Robert Townsend. And um, he he came up, he came to me, and we started talking. And he was like, "Who's your manager?" And I'm like, "I don't have one." He's like, "Who's your agent?" I'm like, "I don't have one." And he kind of looked at me, and he goes, uh, um, I think he asked me to send my headshot over or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even have a headshot. Like, He's like, I'm was, right here. <laughs> I was brand new. And early on, even though I wasn't ready for the opportunity, um, it gave me a lot of confidence. And for me, that opportunity wasn't to get the gig. It was to show me, hey, you're doing the right thing. Because I was working at Delta. Mm-hmm. I was scared to quit my job. You know, I was just fresh out of college. Um so it was it was a really interesting time, but the other break that I got was, I think, at about a year, uh, I started touring with Jimmy Fox. Okay. And um, I toured toured with him for almost two years. Nice. Uh, all over the country, doing two thousand seaters. When I was, you know, I, I was probably open mic level, but so I was, you may have, I maybe was had maybe, maybe less than ten minutes of, of stage. I probably Real. yeah, I didn't have that much time, but I, I developed quickly. You developed I could real always, quick. Yeah, I yeah. could always write, mm-hmm. but I just learned how to perform on such a big level because when you're in a big theater with thousands of people who are not there to see you, 
you got to raise your level or you're going to get swallowed up. Yeah. Especially if it's all black audiences. Yeah. Of course. And Jamie was, you know, already a star. He had already been on Living Color. You know, Wanda was famous at the time. So it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a great learning experience for him. So, okay, now, and this is something I, I ask all the, 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 you're my third guest, but uh-huh. you're the two guests. What do you, what do you think has changed in, in comedy since you you've been, you're such a you're a veteran just yeah. like my, myself? Yeah. What do you what do you what do you see the changes in comedy? Have you, obviously you've seen that. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of changes in comedy. Mm-hmm. I just I think the main one is you don't have to wait for anybody to discover you anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but at the same time, it gives it kind of waters waters down <laughs> right. the market a lot. Yeah. See, before there were so many gatekeepers it almost made you raise your level to want to be great because you're you know you're being judged or compared to other comics you know so a talent agent will come see you a producer would come see you a network will come see you people who ran festivals would come see you and it was just the most talent you know well we know the most talented person doesn't always get the gig but it was just there was a criteria like right. there were hoops you had to jump through now a lot of those hoops are gone and with the internet, and let's not, not say the internet, with social media. With social media, right. Um, it just gives you the opportunity to go straight to the people. I think the hard part for veterans is we're locked into that old mindset of just trying to be great and trying to craft our jokes and trying to be meticulous and mm-hmm. have everything perfect, where this new generation is like, it's, it's a quantity over quality. Like they'll throw up a hundred videos, and right. only, one yeah, might, yeah, yeah. only one might be funny, but that one funny video will go viral and make them a sensation. With veteran comics, a lot of times we look at something and go, "Man, that ain't good enough." Man, that ain't good enough. Right. And, they, and so you're not putting out anything. Well, it's like, it's, I tell, like, it's, like I tell, it's like I tell everybody. Like I only have like. I don't know, maybe almost 2,400 followers, but you know what the difference between my social media and everybody? I know all the 2,400 followers. That's How many people could say that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know 2,400 people. Mm-hmm. No, but you know what? I mean, yes, I'm trying to catch up with the biz. I know it's a different game, but I know pound for pound, just like you, like when it comes to funny, if we need to be funny, we will deliver. Absolutely. And, and, we'll, and we will do our best. And, 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 and piggybacking off that, yeah. one thing about Manny is, and, and a lot of veterans in the game, man, is... To keep going, you got to realize, like, there's certain things that aren't in your control. You know, there's a lot of things that aren't in, in your control. You work hard, you do the best that you can do, and you wait for your opportunity. And then when your opportunity comes, hopefully you're at a point where you can deliver and take advantage of that opportunity. Because uh, a lot of times I think a lot of comics get, you know, bitter and frustrated because they can't... They can't do. What's up? Um, I'm sorry. They just came in because I'm about to go on. What's this? Who's this? It's too funny. Oh, it's, it's you see, you guys, we're doing a podcast at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. Right before, because I'm working here tonight. And Ruben's on the show, so oh, we're money in the way. So Ruben wants to know what track he's going to go up to. So go ahead, continue, Ruben. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking about how sometimes as comedians you got to keep going because we get frustrated when those opportunities come and it just wasn't your time. It's not necessarily that you did anything wrong or somebody was better than you. It's the fact that for whatever reason, someone had somebody, you know, 
somebody have different tastes. So, Ruben, yeah. let our listeners know where they could follow you. And what, when's your next show? Uh, and let everybody know right now that my boy Ruben is celebrating his birthday on Tuesday. Yes, April and 9th. And his, his birthday really is on April 9th yes. at the Laugh Factory, the Ruby Laugh Tuesdays. Factory. Yeah, man. So, uh, this Tuesday, uh, Hollywood Laugh Factory, 930, April 9th is my actual birthday. And um, I got some surprises. I got Tiffany Haddish on the show. That's right. In the building. I got Tony Rock on the show. Um, I have Beast. Jimmy O. Yang from... Um, Jimmy O. Yang's on everything. And he will crazy be on this Rich podcast Asians. one of these days, too. Yeah, Crazy that, Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Asians. He's on... Yes, yeah. he's killing it. So, Ruben, tell our listeners where you could, um, where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me on um, Instagram, I am Ruben Paul. Twitter, I am Ruben Paul. Uh, Facebook, uh, Ruben Paul Comedy. And um, just Google me. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this guy's one of the funniest people in America. Keep on following him. You can check me out this weekend. I will be in Idaho on August, not August, I'm sorry, April 13th. Idaho. So that's right. I'm doing a, I want to say this place called Sonia's Place. It's going to be crazy. I'm excited about it. I what, part, what, what part of Idaho? Boise? I, I, no, it's not. I'm flying into Boise, but we got to drive another two hours. But it's going to be fun. Yeah. But make sure uh, y'all check me out. Uh, you I, know. Let me just say this last thing. Um, you guys who are listening to this, you know, support Manny. You're supporting Manny by listening, but also support Manny by telling your friends, telling other people. That's how you get numbers. That's how you get more popular. You know, don't keep Manny a secret just to you. Share with your friends. Share with people you know. And uh, push Manny. So, uh, and, and you know what? And, and I'm going to tell you, Ruben, please tell them about your podcast. The one they have you and John. Oh, yeah. I have a podcast called The Best of Everything. So listen to that. Uh, it's on iTunes, Google Play, it's on YouTube. It's me and uh, a comedian named Johnny Sanchez. And Johnny Sanchez is a great friend of mine. He's one of yes. the funniest guys. Funniest and guys he's the around. first cholo. Yes. Okay? There's yes. others that try to do it. Yeah. But he is the first cholo. Little joker. Little joker. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. But thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening to Man to the Max podcast and my boy, Ruben Paul. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. I kind of rambled on and lost my place. I don't know. It's fine, bro.